welcome back to the Gridiron Gang podcast. This is the week 11 pick and preview show with my boy Kier in the studio, cooking up these bets, trying to keep it rolling, having a good couple weeks, Kier. What yeah, we got on the slate here? We're man. back. We're back. We had a good week last week again. Um, as you know, as we talked about, I was at the Seahawks game with Bailey. Him and I, we cooked up. We had like three different parlays for that game, which we all hit while we were there, which is great. Fortunately, Washington, you can't even open your sportsbook apps and stuff like that. So we would forgot which combinations we made for the parlays, and we were freaking out all game, <laughs> That's not being able to check. But it was good, man. I know I missed some good games that I caught up uh, this week with a lot of the stuff. Some really exciting ones that I wish I was able to watch, but... You know, we made it home, and Monday night was a great game. Um, crazy, crazy. Yeah, with dude. the Bills-Broncos, it was it was crazy. Turnovers everywhere and stuff like that. And at one the point, play, the Bills dude, refused like... to hold on to the ball. It was, it was insane. That James Cook play, dude, where he got stripped, and it bounced, and he just never broke stride, and it bounced back up to him like a basketball oh, dribble. That was crazy, nuts. dude, that was nuts, on that man. last drive. So, yeah, flags at the end of the game. That was So it was a good week um, yesterday. Uh those injuries, man, going to Joe Burrow. We just learned Joe Burrow out for the season. Mark Andrews out for the season. OBJ looked like it had a relatively serious shoulder injury, so we don't know his timetable exactly, but it doesn't look like he'll be back anytime soon. It's crazy, man. It's crazy to think that we might live in a world this year where the Bills and Bengals aren't even going to be in the playoffs. Teams like the Broncos, the Texans, like these teams have legit chances. Um... I know the Raiders aren't great, but like even in their division, they're Eve, they're 500 now and kind of rolling a little bit, right? So there's a lot of teams in the AFC that are kind of catching a break by these teams having a down year or these injuries that are happening. So it's going to be super interesting, man, coming down the stretch. I'm excited. we got another good week here. First game we'll go to is Cardinals plus six at the Houston Texans. Houston Texans are minus six, uh, minus 225 on the money line, over under a 48. Cardinals are plus 185 on the money line. Um, what do you like here, Eli? What do you got any feels for this game? I know this Cardinals team's looking a lot different than they were throughout this whole year now with Kyler back, James Conner back. Huge game-winning drive for Murray in his return. Yep. Um, but I just want to say, like, forget the rookie of the year talk. We're talking MVP talk for that. We really are, man. Yep. Down in Houston. He's got those boys buzzing. He's got the vibes. The vibes are huge. It's hard for me to look past that. That's a big number, I think, in this game. Yeah. Uh, six points. They're giving them their respect finally after going in and beating a couple good exactly, teams now, right? right? Exactly. So it's a big number, and they're winning in game-winning drives. They're winning these close games. Um, one thing that stuck out to me, just watching Kyler uh, go through his progressions time and time again in the game against Atlanta, was he kept looking for that boy McBride, right? His mm-hmm. tight end, his big yep. target. Made a lot of big catches for him. Got that key catch to set up the field goal at the end of the game to win, too. Absolutely. I know this line at four and a half receptions, 55 and a half yards. I, I do like the over there because Houston is giving up those big yard plays, too. I think yeah. I'm going to probably put both of those together, see what happens with that. Yeah, I actually like that. Uh, I didn't have that written down, but I do like that. The Cardinals aren't a team that have a ton of great receiving options. Marquise Brown kind of is a one-trick pony, kind of just that deep threat, really. Um so I really like that. Someone like a safety net almost for Kyler to find a big body. I like that. And when you talk about C.J. Stroud and you're talking to MVP uh, and not just offensive rookie and all this kind of stuff like that, and I look and you go with a young player like this, you start to think, like, is the situation going to start to get too big now that they're realizing 
that they're winning these games and there's pressure now. There's expectations. Like, if you would have said before the year five wins, you'd almost say, like, God's oh, a That's decent first year, year for the Texans, yeah. Yeah, right? Tomiko Ryans has been great. We all thought he was going to be great, but he's a young head coach. So, and I see interviews with this guy and CJ Stroud's answers when they say, <clears throat> excuse me. When they talk about, oh, you're starting to be mentioned in an MVP talk. Like, what do you have to say about all that kind of stuff like that? And he just says, I know this. I know what how this works. They love you one week and they hate you the next. It's what can you do for me this week? So he is taking this week by week. This team's not getting over. They're not overblowing their situation. They're taking it week by week, focusing on the next team and trying to beat that team. Which is awesome, and I like them to probably win this game again. That's I mean, they're minus six, so that makes sense. But like you said, every game has been a high-scoring game, and uh, last minute, kind of who gets the ball last and can make a play, right? Now, some of the teams they've done this against are better than the Cardinals, but the Cardinals, you don't really know what the Cardinals are. Like, getting your running back back, your number one running back back, who's a safety valve, we had him last week over his yards. I have him again this week. Over his yards. Um, I can't remember that. They just popped up. It was 59 and a half. half. I'm taking that. I'm taking that all day. Against a team that allows yards and allows points in the Texans, even though their defense is not bad, but they, every other teams have been able to score on them. I like the over 48 here. I like this teams to go back and forth and I like Dalton Schultz over 50 and a half. Um, He's just been solid for them. There's been reports all year that, that C.J. Stroud loves getting the ball. Again, like with Kyler, with McBride, it's something about that tight end with some of those short routes. Or maybe he's blocking and then he just drops out the last second, right? Get Helps seal an edge or something. And then the last one, I did, we're talking here, Nico Collins is back healthy. I don't know if I'll be placing his props this week just to see, make sure he's really fully back healthy and he's not just trying to push through something and deal with it. As we know last night, there's nothing worse than losing a bet on a fucking Yeah, man, we had, bad, we had so. Joe Burrow over one and a half field goals and a Gus Edwards touchdown. Gus Edwards, first drive of the game, scores a touchdown. Joe Burrow passes one to Mixon. We were rolling. We, the bet was looking great. And then obviously he got hurt, and, and it looked Mark like Mark Andrews getting like I know yards on the we, first had time. we had him too. Yeah, two and then and everything was so. looking great, and then that's that's what's so crazy about this league, right? So, um, the last thing is Devin Singletary over seventy-seven and a half rushing yards. His last week was the only week that he was their prime back, as Damian Pierce has been hurt. He went. He had thirty touches for one hundred and fifty yards, Eli. So you're telling me that this guy has to do half as well he does as last game. And I think they know that Damian Pierce will come back. They're going to give him his time to get healthy. Devin Singletary is a veteran, right? He was on the Bills. He he knows what he's doing. And if he gets the opportunities, I think he can get those yards. So I don't hate that as well. Uh, Damian Pierce is ruled out again. So he'll be their primary back. I mean, 30 touches last game. If he gets even close to that again, you got to assume he can get 77 yards and or 78 Cardinals yards. Yeah, and the Cardinals aren't a team that are known for like their incredible defense. So... Um, yeah, I think we could play both sides of this game a little bit and just hope for a morning shootout, really. It's one of the better games, I think, this morning, just as far as, like, are the Cardinals just going to be bad or, like, is there hope there? Like, I know Kyler Murray got his big contract, but just because you get a big contract doesn't mean you're necessarily going to be playing for that team, right? Like, is it something where if this doesn't get better, that can he maybe be talked about in a trade next year in the offseason? We know all the bad reports are in the past, but that stuff where he had to have a certain amount of hours logged in his contract for watching film and stuff, and they were worried about the Call of Duty stuff was all crazy. <laughs> so I think people in 
Arizona are all playing for their jobs because you don't really know. They haven't really had any success this year outside of maybe last week. So I think you really are. I mean, of course, they beat the Cowboys earlier this year, but I think the Cowboys got caught sleepwalking. I think it's more on them than it was the Cardinals. So I think the Cardinals are going to be playing aggressive and wanting to beat teams like this, showing that they can't compete to try to maybe all earn their roster spots next year. And the Texans got to keep winning. You see these teams, the Bengals went down. Um, The Steelers or the Browns are going to have to lose this week. The Browns lost to Sean Watson for the season as well. There's reports that he was trying to get shots put in his shoulder and ankle to try to keep playing. And stuff like that, but there's also doctor reports that if he got hurt bad, like he could do like very, very serious damage. So I don't know. I don't know what's going on in the situation, but he's out for the year. So you got two teams that are in playoff spots that are now both or sorry, they're not both missing starting quarters. The Bengals are no longer in a playoff spot. But you have them, um, the Browns in a playoff spot. So the Texans need to hold pace with those guys. And you know what? At this point, they're fighting to win that division against the Jaguars, yeah, they dude. Are. They are. The Jaguars, I mean, you had a better view. You watched it. Yeah, they got hammered. They got hammered. And that offense just disappears at time. Trevor Lawrence had no time. Uh, We talked about last week, well, we'll get into it with San Francisco later, but that addition of Chase Young on that D-line is, they got so many guys, man. And to shut down a team like the Jags. So, you know, a couple more losses like that, and the Texans could just be competing to get a home. Imagine, imagine that. What a turnaround, right? Like, so we might even have to start talking about D'Amico Ryan's coach of the year if that's the case. I mean, Sean Payton already has an argument as well. I know Jesse's really pumped about how things are going in Denver. They've really turned it around. But, yeah, I think this is a really fun game, Eli, and I'm, and I'm looking forward to it. I do lean the Texans just because I think they can be good, but how many weeks can you just be very good? We've seen this whole year that good teams lose games and you just, you just have a stinger. So um, the Cardinals could keep this close. That's why I like over 48. Um, I think it could be a bit of a shootout. And I think that was a good point you made, too, to the pressure now. Now it's all amplified. Now things are real. Where, like, it's expected. Like, and you know, it's kind of like we're having fun, we're rolling. Now it's like, okay, <clears throat> fuck me, we're 10 weeks in. Yeah, we're yeah. Spot. Like, yeah so you're overachieving, you're overachieving, yeah. and now you go, holy fuck, now this is just now expected. People And people aren't going in thinking, oh, we're playing a rookie quarterback, <laughs> rookie head coach, we can steal one here. People are going in like, no, this is they're this is coming in, game, right? Though. Now they're circling this game because they want to let them know, they want to give them a welcome to the NFL, so I think this one should be fun. Yeah, I'm excited for it, for sure. Next game, we got Cowboys at the Panthers in Carolina. This one's gross. Cowboys <laughs> minus 10.5, minus 550 money line, over under 42, Panthers plus 10.5 and, and plus 425 money line. You know, Eli, this is one of those games that you don't really want to watch, especially because it's all baked in with a bunch of other games. It's not one you're going to have a lot of attention on. But we talked about, I'll let you go over, we kind of talked about some stuff that we really, really love for this game and combined with the next game um, that we're going to be going with. But yeah, and I'll let, let you, the people I'll know. let you get into that afterwards. I'll just go through a couple yep. uh, first plays on top of that because I like that too. We already locked that in, both of us, right before we hopped in. But on the side for this Dallas game, I'm just, I was saying to you, I don't think Dallas has a run game right now. I think Tony Pollard's really, really struggling in that. Yeah, I'm in fantasy. It's brutal. Yeah, I mean, you have him and B. John. So that's a couple crazy <laughs> Fuck weeks me, in dude. A row that one and there, nine. Right? And my team's sick, <laughs> and I'm one and nine. <laughs> that was a tough, tough role on a couple weeks there. But two <laughs> things that stuck out um, besides from what you're going to get into was Brandon Cooks over 35 and a half, over two and a half receptions. Uh, this guy just absolutely went off last week. He went off. Dak looked amazing. Tony Ferguson's line's very similar. 33 and a half yards, three and a half receptions. 
I just think Dak's <laughs> going to throw it all over the place, and it's only going to take them two catches to Is break those Jake years. Ferguson. Jake Ferguson. Tony, Tony Ferguson. Ferguson's out there. Big UFC, out. man. Him and Goggins getting after though, it. Right? Yep. So, yeah, okay, there's a little similarity. Oh, Kukui. We're, we're Jake, Jake Ferguson. Oh, Kukui. Way, right? The boogeyman. <laughs> I love him. I love it. So, we're going over on both of those characters. I like that a lot. That's just based on me thinking this. And if you don't want to put in the receptions, because I think it's only going to take one or two catches for either of them to go over those yardage. And you I was I was actually gonna say I kind of like the receptions more. Last game he was over on the receptions and he was just short by a couple yards. But yard. I mean this Cowboys offense is rolling, man. I hate to say it, the Seahawks play them in a few weeks, and I hate to say because this Cowboys team is rolling. That They're defense is fast, man. Leighton Vander Esch now out for the season though, so that is a big blow. I know he's a leader. I think he's one of the play callers there on defense. So. Um, that's a tough one for sure. One I like in this, Eli, um, that I don't think I mentioned is oh, Cowboys over two and a half team touchdowns. Oh, yeah, I, love I just think they'll get that. They're oh, yeah. rolling. Their defense gets them the ball back. They get the ball back. Turpin is a pretty good special teams player for them as well. So I like that. And then <clears throat> what we talked about here, C.D. Lamb, his over, his over under rushing, or sorry, receiving yards is 83 and a half. Eli, in the last five games, he's had over 100 yards. Well over. I believe his lowest is 117. His catches are at 6.5 right now. He's had over 6.5 catches in the past five games Usually all combined. in the first half, he's getting to 6.5. And not only is the performance like this, he's coming out and saying, I'm the best fucking receiver in the league. Yeah. This guy is making a stand. Now, with Jamar Chase not going to be getting the same targets because of Joe Burrow going down, like, there are these, like, he's he's coming for it. He wants to be known as the best receiver in the league, and he wants the ball every play, and every time they give him the ball, he makes a play. Yeah. Over 100 yards receiving for CeeDee Lamb, which he's done in his last five games consecutively, is at plus 225 right now, and over his catches is at plus 475. So I've added that. Um, and if you want to just do it, just to bump it up a touch more, plus 525, just with the Cowboys' money line. They're a massive favorite, but just that little bit of juice, you got to assume they're going to win. Um, and then what we really like is we I'll be playing that CD Lamb over 100 yards, and we might as well just get right into the next game with this because the next prop is with at the Bears at the Lions. It's Amon Ross St. Brown over 100 yards as well. He's done this six of nine games this season, Eli, and this is a favorable matchup. Now, the only thing that scares me a little bit is the Bears' defense has been playing a lot better lately, but they might just be outmatched here, right? Justin Fields might be coming back, but this Lions team is good. They're confident, and they're playing well. So, to combine Amon Ross St. Brown and CeeDee Lamb over 100 yards each, which they've done very consistently, both of them, over this year, plus 858, that's one of the ones we already locked in. If you want to lock in over Amon Ross St. Brown uh, catches, he's over 6.5, 3 of his last 4. Um, he's doing really well. He's really showing up for them. And then his line's also just 83.5, right? So if you want to separate these guys, C.D. Lamb over 100 yards is plus 225. Amon St. Brown over 100 yards plus 190. You could play those straight up. That's great value already. If you just want to parlay the 83.5 for each of them as well, they've been going way over those numbers. So I like that as well. Um, and then... Just to get in the rest of the game here, I'll give I'll give them so it's Bears plus seven and a half plus three twenty on the money line, over under forty eight. The Lions are minus seven and a half and minus four hundred on the money line. And I know we talked about some other props of this game, Eli. So what else do you like here? Yeah, I mean we were kind of perplexed 
before we came on here, just going through this, because they just kind of re-updated these numbers and released them to us. And we saw Jameer Gibbs, his rushing yards at 42 and a half yards to go over, and also his re- rushing and receiving at just 71 and a half. And I mean, like, I think I'm just taking the bait on both of those. I'll probably be sprinkling both of those around my cards. Uh, Montgomery also is, is over is 51 and a half. And this is a team who's running on everyone. Not only are they throwing on everyone, they're running on everyone too. They're getting every bit of offense in every type of way that they want it right now. And they're leading by example through this run game and opening up these windows for Jared Goff, who's been executing beautifully. So I think these two plays of Amon Ross St. Brown and these running backs go hand in hand in this one. Yeah, David Montgomery, in every game he's healthy this year, he missed those two games due to injury, and he had that one game where he got hurt, so he only had 14 yards in that game. Every other game besides that, it's 74, 67, 121, 109, and then back last week with Jameer Gibbs also playing, 116 yards rushing, and his line's 48 and a half. It makes no sense. I know some people might be worried that, oh, who's it going to be, Gibbs or Montgomery, who's going to have that success this week? They played together last week, and Dave, and Jameer Gibbs had 77 rushing yards himself to go with 35 receiving yards. Both these guys are having big games. They've both proven the chance to be a number one back. And I saw a clip of last week that was Jameer Gibbs talking. And they were going down, and Jameer Gibbs was supposed to come out of the game. They were on it was a first and goal or whatever. I, I'm not sure it was a whatever down and goal it was. He's supposed to come out of the game, and it was a run play. And it's supposed to go to Montgomery. Montgomery stopped him and said, "Do you want this?" And asked Gibbs if he wanted to try to get the touchdown. And Gibbs said, "Yeah." And he let Gibbs stay in, and Gibbs was able to score that touchdown. He goes to show me that it's not a competition there. David Montgomery knows his role when he was brought in. He knows he's there to provide a spark, but he knows that ultimately, if he can get that young man and Jameer Gibbs going, who they used a high draft pick on, their team is completely different. And the combo of those backs, if they can keep running on teams, their offensive line is good. I, I just don't see why these guys can't continue to both have success, especially against a better team who's not in a playoff position. Justin Fields it may be coming back, but he's on the other side of the ball, and he's been out a few weeks. I know that defense has been better, but I, this Lions team is good, and I say we just keep riding with it. So I like that as well. This is another game that I may be like Lions over two-and-a-half team touchdowns because I think the Lions are just going to have success. They are able to be scored on, but they score on everybody, except for that one outlier against the Ravens, where the Ravens have done that three or four times this season, where they just don't get scored on, basically. Outside of that, they've been great on offense. So, yeah, I really like these running back props. Obviously, the Amon Ross St. Brown prop, you can combine those, excuse me, any which way um, with the CD Lamb if you want to cross games. That's one something we really like doing is finding one prop from a game and one prop from another and just doing small two-leggers about you get plus 200, plus 250 odds just to get good odds, but then you're only relying on one thing in a single game. So if you want to spread those out in different bets, I think that's a good move as well. Yeah, I think that's a great way to play it, Kieran. And I, I, I didn't know that Montgomery did that for Gibbs. I think that's so cool, man. I think that's, that's a leader, right? That that's the real leadership qualities and like great team chemistry because yep. it's like you're talking about a team now they like you've said it all year dan campbell's got these guys buzzing they believe in the super bowl they know that they could get there they got the talent they got the skill they got the tenacity and it's it's little things like that that'll take them over and that's a veteran showing a young player a rookie that he supports him he believes in him and stuff like that and that's got to go a long way. I mean, being a rookie in the NFL is not easy, especially a running back. When you're running into all these massive, these veterans, these guys that are huge that have been playing all along, 
I'm sure there's they chirp like you're gonna have to earn it, Rook and stuff like yeah. that. The other team for a guy to have his back like that when he's been a solid and a running back his whole career really, and he obviously doesn't need that type of motivation or the recognition for him to show up and be ready for the game. So I think this Lions team's got a really good energy, and I think Dan Campbell will always have them coming to show up. So I think the Lions play well here. I honestly probably lean to them minus seven and a half. But the way that Bears have been playing defense and Justin Fields coming back, we've seen glimpses of Justin Fields where he looks phenomenal, right? So I don't really want to touch that right now. I'll stick to the props on this game when I have a lot stronger feeling on those. Yeah, I like the props way more too. Man. Yeah. Definitely. Next game, Chargers at the Packers. Chargers are minus 3, uh, minus 165. The over is at 44. The over-under is at 44. The Packers are plus 3, plus 145. What do you got here? Well, you mentioned it before, and I locked it in early. I just loved it right away. Uh, Jordan Love, over half interception in this game. I mean, the guy's a gunslinger, man. Like, we're starting to learn that about Jordan Love now. He's trying to make plays, and we like that about these young quarterbacks going out on their sword. But when you're trying to make plays, mistakes happen, right? And as bad as the L.A. Chargers defense are, they're creating turnovers still throughout the season sporadically, right? And we're seeing Jordan Love turn the ball over, so plus-plus. We'll take that. I love that. That was one thing. Yeah, he's had an interception in six of his nine games, and he's got ten total this year. He's got a game with two interceptions and a game with three interceptions. So you know that he's always going to be throwing it. Some of his mannerisms kind of look like Aaron Rodgers because he learned under Aaron Rodgers, but he's not Aaron Rodgers. Like Aaron Rodgers can get away with doing those things in that kind of style because he have talented of an arm strength he is and stuff like that. Jordan Love is not him, but they'll always go for it. So the Chargers can make turnovers, but they'll also allow yards and they'll allow points. I forgot to add on too. We've seen the Chargers with like a ton of sacks in multiple games this year too. We've seen Khalil Mack and Joey mm-hmm. Bosa both snap at multiple times this year. It's a good so point. that type of pressure, I mean, you're talking to young players still learning. So and that's not a worse thing. Those props those pick a pick a defensive player you like for a sack for sure. I don't hate that at all. I also, you know what, Eli? I do like the over 44 in this game. The Packers are going to try to score. Whether they can or not is that's the question, and that's what the bet will come down to. But <clears throat> the Packers will always try to score. They like going for it. Uh, and the Chargers are usually able to score, right? Justin oh, Herbert is good. Like They might not win the game, but they're usually throwing up good points and good numbers I mean, and stuff. They're, like they're competing. The they're yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the more they're scoring, Chargers, the more right? worried yeah. you get almost. Yeah. <laughs> But, yeah, um, this is an interesting game because Chargers are another team, though, that with the with the Browns losing their quarterback and the Bengals losing their quarterback and the Bills not playing well, <clears throat> excuse me, and the Jets obviously lost Aaron Rodgers, this is a team that might have a chance at a playoff. They're going to have to go on a run, but it's kind of that witching hour of the season where it's like, if we're not in that position yet and we want to start making that run, we got to win games, especially against a team like the Packers, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. Especially against them. So that's one I'll mostly be staying away from, but we did use Jordan Love interception. Um, that's another game that I'll be flipping back and forth. That's one that comes up on Red Zone a bunch because oh, there'll yeah. probably be a bunch of scores and you can keep up with it that way. Um, but yeah, it should be an interesting one. The Chargers just got to start finding ways, even if it's not just for this year, they got to start finding ways to win games. Instead of lose them, you gotta assume Staley is if they don't make the playoffs and do something, he's probably gotta be gone. gone, Because I just don't understand like what, how much like nothing's gonna change if he as long as he's that head coach, right? Times just gonna be kicking, right? And and he goes for it in certain situations that make no sense, and he doesn't other times. It's like he's so 
trying to play analytics that he's so in his own head that he does everything backwards. Is yeah, that that makes sense? Like it's just it's exactly. I, how it comes I, I think off, that dude. team needs a head coach that's more of an energy type of coach. I know they're hard to find, but more like a Dan Campbell or something like that. Like more of a guy who's gonna make them like angry a bit. Like like even like Antonio. Uh, I'm not sure. I can't remember his last name right now. The guy who's been coaching for the Raiders Pierce. right now, Antonio Pierce. Yeah. Yes, thank you. Like that's a guy that like he might not be as brilliant as some other guys X's and O's. I'm not saying he is. I don't know. I don't know what he's capable of. I haven't looked into it too much. I'm not saying he is. But those guys love playing for him. Devontae Adams in the first game they played had like 34 yards or, so, or like not very good stats, and he's dancing around in the locker room after. It just shows that the energy and the vibe and the attitude of the whole thing's different. So I think they may need a guy who can come in and kind of flip the script and change the culture there. Um, but this isn't this isn't a game I love. The Chargers, I mean, three points, if it was, that's gross. Did the Chargers beat anyone by three points? You know what I mean? Like, that's just like, yeah, it would be crazy. So, I, yeah, that's one I don't love as much. Yeah, I'm not looking too deep into it. I like the love play a lot, though. I do think that you get And as NFC fans, usually this would be a game we were keeping our eye on in the Packers in the past because this is the time where the Packers kind of make their push with Aaron Rodgers and stuff, but... The Chargers don't interest me. The Packers stink. They're going to probably start stinking for a while, so whatever. We'll move on to the next one here. Raiders at Dolphins. Uh, Raiders are on that 2-0 streak with Antonio Pierce. They look like they're having a good time. But they've also played two bad quarterbacks. They've played Zach Wilson and Tommy DeVito in their last two games. Two teams that cannot score, and they've barely squeaked out wins against both of them. The Raiders are plus 13.5, plus 575 on the money line, over under a 46.5, and and the Dolphins are minus 13.5, minus 850. If they're minus 13.5, Eli, on that, and the over under is 46, they're expecting the Dolphins to put up points. And why wouldn't they be, right? Like, what? what's yeah. one thing we know about Miami at this point here? They beat the fuck up on bad football teams. I'm yep. not here to say the Raiders are a bad football team. They're kind of changing the culture, as you just mentioned. But this is a different caliber level that they've played in the last two weeks than the Miami Dolphins, right? So And don't sleep on the Dolphins. Their defense is getting a lot healthier. Yeah, they are. They got Phillips on the D-line there. Bradley Chubb's been having a pretty good year. They got Jalen Ramsey back, who's I know he's been back for a few weeks now, but he's really kind of just getting more comfortable and back into full games. Even Howard, like these guys are getting a bit good. They got playmakers. If they can turn into that defense, that just starts taking the ball away a bit, even though they're going to let up those yards. Ben, don't break the kind of thing. Give up a field goal instead of a touchdown here and there and be able to take the ball away sometimes. You're right. You give that offense enough chances. They're going to score. They're going to hurt you. And they're coming off a a bye week, too. After playing well defensively, as you just touched on, against the Kansas City Chiefs overseas there, too. So, I'm not going to say I'm going to take them at minus 13 or 14 or whatever. But I love the props in this game here. And I'm waiting for one big name to come on that props. And that's that's Devon A. Chain because he's a game record, man. Yeah, with his speed, I mean, he can bust out. He can take his total rushing yards and hit it on one play. Right, he's really that he's really that fast, and it just adds another element to that offense with another guy who's crazy fast. They got Tyree Kill, Jalen Waddle, and then they have both their running backs, Mostert and Achain. When all those guys are in the game and they're all so fast, there's, you can only contain that for so long because it's not a skill or it's not a scheme you can plan against. It's just speed, and at some point, speed just beats everything else. Right, so yeah, I agree. This is a this is a milestone paradise. This team. 
So I'll probably be throwing something together. Maybe Tyreek Hill, 75 yards. And Jalen Waddle, 50 yards. And Mostert, 50. Or A-Chain, whatever. Maybe some Tua props. Because he's key. He puts up big numbers. Not even... He is playing well. But because these guys are so quick, he can dump the ball off and stuff like that. And just get these yards on such simple plays sometimes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, Jalen Waddle is such a good receiver. He's been dealing with injuries, though. He can't seem to stay healthy. He keeps getting nicked up a little bit. So maybe I'll stay away from him. But... This is another tough one. Over two and a half touchdowns again for the Dolphins. I could really see this team happening. Good offense, like you said, good teams beat up on bad teams. And these there's some matchups in this where you should expect the big teams to beat up on them. But always be a little cautious because it's at any given Sunday type of week. We talk about this every week. You're like, how did we not see this coming? We thought one team was going to blow it out or something like that. And it happens, right? So maybe you don't want to load up on all of them. But as we always say, pick and choose your spots. And uh, find some stuff you like. And this is another one that's probably going to be over pretty quick. But I'd love to see if the Raiders can compete here and put together a game. I'd love it. They got offensive lessons. Josh Jacobs has looked really good again, yeah, quietly. Yeah, yeah. He's finally coming back. He's finally playing well. Aiden O'Connell hasn't looked great. But he's a rookie. He'll only get better, you like to, you like to think. Um, Jacoby Myers is a good second receiver as well. So it's not like the Raiders don't have weapons. And their defense is playing pretty well. So... I would love to say they'll keep this one interesting, but it's just a track meet at some point. And you're right, Dolphins are one of those teams that is just always scary to see. And they haven't had a really, really explosive game in a little bit. I believe last week they were in Germany, or did they have a bye week? Yeah, yeah, bye week last week. But Germany before? Right before that, right? So they haven't had a super explosive game um, in a couple weeks, and I could see maybe that this is one of those games where they just remind everyone how fast and quick they are. Yeah. Next game is a really bad one. Giants at the Commanders. The Giants are plus 9, plus 325 on the money line. Commanders are minus 9 and minus 425. Sam Howell, Eli, has not only proven himself to be the guy in in Washington, now they're looking at, like, we actually have a guy who could go and win us games and get us to the playoffs. These this His performance, I was at that game, uh, Washington played Seattle last week. We were at that game. The last touchdown he threw from we were sitting in the end zone in the Hawks' nest, and it was on the far side of the field. And the touchdown pass he threw from our angle went around and through and over three of our defense. Like, some of his passes he completed were very impressive. He gets rid of it when he needs to. He's very confident. He holds the ball well and like until the last minute when he has to just to complete plays. I was really impressed with him. Like, that was one of the biggest takeaways I left from that game outside of, obviously, like, I was pumped Seattle that won, but like he looked really good. This Giants defense can be stingy, but I actually almost don't hate the Commanders minus nine. Their their receivers kind of got shut down against Seattle last week. I don't think that's going to happen again. They have options. Logan Thomas has been one of his favorite targets all year. Um, but my one play for this game is probably, we talked about the Brian Robinson touchdown, man. That guy's quietly putting together a good season, and he's able to find the end zone quite often. I believe it's eight touchdowns so far yeah, this year, games, and I think yeah. they've already had their bye week, I think. So out of nine games? I'm pretty sure or is it ten? Like the fourth highest scoring fantasy <clears throat> yeah. running back for everyone who drafted him late and took a chance on that. Cause no he one had a big lose. receiving touchdown against us last oh, yeah, week. Huge. Yeah, he, yeah, he could cook it in both ways, right? And no one really knew going into the year, is it going to be him or Gibson getting a, you know, they kind of thought totally a 50-50 a a like split. Yep. split type of thing. But yeah, I mean, those are great points you make of Sam Howell, too. I've been saying it all year to Jesse because I like this kid. Um, 
I think he's displayed a lot of progression for a young quarterback, too. He, saw, he stopped holding on to the ball for so long. You even saw that time and time again in Seattle. Like, he quicker clock, right? So he's making these decisions quicker. Still making a couple big mistakes, though. If New York had even Tyrod Taylor in instead of Tommy DeVito, I'd have a little bit more fear. We're yeah. Talking Tommy DeVito, man. This guy's I know. not an NFL quarterback, and that's nothing against him, right? No, it's nothing against him. He's the third string. He's never supposed to be a starting caliber NFL quarterback, right? So it's a tough situation. And then the other thing is, it's not like... He, I mean, Saquon can help bail him out. I don't mind Saquon's yards. I believe it's 77 and a half. I don't hate that, but he doesn't have the receivers to bail him out. Darren, Darren Waller's hurt. His O-line is no good, so it's not like you're plugging in a, a quarterback who has low expectations, but on a great offense that you can kind of just plug them and get them quick throws. Their whole offense sucks, so (laughs) I want to say under 38, but the commanders might put up 38 themselves. Yeah, we've seen New York get dice for a lot. I mean, the thing about New York's D is at times they look. The Wink really Martindale good, is very a good D coordinator, and they do. Yeah, that's that's what scares me a lot too. They they can dial it up and they can limit other teams, but I thought our defense in Seattle had a lot of good plays. They Sam Howell is very confident. The way he just he looked. I would be very excited if I'm Washington to have that guy. You got good receivers. You got some pretty good running backs. Now it almost seems like why the hell did they get rid of Sweat and Young? Because now they're starting. It's crazy time, and obviously they couldn't pay them both. But you would like to see them have kept one of the two to try to to try to pay, right? Like, Kier, I don't want to compare Sam Howell to C.J. Stroud because I think they're two totally different people. But uh, you mentioned how C.J. Stroud was talking about like this type of pressure now and all these MVP talks and everything. Well, Sam Howell as well midweek, they brought up the fact that he's leading the NFL in yards. And he says, basically, I don't give a fuck. We need to win games, right? Yep. We want to be in the position to win games and we haven't won as many. So he's talking like a winner to me and he's talking like someone who's ready to just keep leading this franchise forward. So I, I like everything about this guy, but yeah, this this defense scares me, and it's such a weird yard uh, over under total for me. So I just kind of want to stay away from all that, and maybe just hop on that Brian Robinson TD because I do so like that. I'll a lot. say he's hit his completion total seven of ten games this year. In his last three games here, Eli, he's played Philadelphia, the New England Patriots, who can usually put together a pretty good game plan against an opposing quarterback, and the Seattle Seahawks. He's got 39 completions, 29 completions, 29 completions. He's got 397 yards against the Eagles, 325 against the Patriots, and 312 against the Seahawks for a total of eight touchdowns in his last three games. I mean, this guy's putting up numbers. Obviously, you like just like you said, the winning is getting to them a little bit because you when you put performances up like that, you like to think. How many times did Washington say, if we just had a quarterback, we have yeah. a pretty good team, we just had a quarterback, we could win, and now they have a quarterback uh, and they can't, still can't win the game. So it's really tough, man. They must have felt so confident last week when they dr- scored the touchdown to tie the game with like 50 seconds left, and then DK Metcalf and Geno just single, like just you, man, between Gino them, need, just smashed like, I, did, I know it's off topic or whatever, but that was so, so big for huge. Gino, We'll man. talk like, about that I when we get to the Seahawks, huge, but that second half was massive. Man. So yeah, uh, this is a game again that you know the. I don't think either of these teams, definitely not the Giants, the Commanders. I don't think they really have that strong of a shot at the playoffs. 
they're competing, but right, like you said, you got to win those games to have a shot at the playoffs. So this will be an interesting one, and I I hope Sam Howell has another big game, and we see these new quarterbacks. Like, he don't let's not forget he's a North Carolina guy. They had Mitch Trubisky, who I won a playoff game and was a Pro Bowler. I know he didn't he didn't last that well in his time, and he hasn't turned out that great. But like he had a decent stretch in Chicago there. Sam Howell to North Carolina has been playing very well, and then Drake May's a lock for a top few pick oh, yeah. in the next draft too. So quietly, UNC Chapel Hill is throwing out some good quarterbacks that are now competing in the league. So, so good for them. Yeah, shout out to them. Man. Yeah. Good program there for sure. Uh, next up, we got Steelers at the Browns. Uh, Steelers are plus one. The over-under is 33, the lowest of the week. Maybe the lowest of the season. Lowest I've seen <laughs> in a while. Yeah. Um, at the Browns. I think maybe the only one we saw. Remember last year or something, there was a... Like a 28 or 29 or Or like the Bears, nuts, the Bears right? and the 49ers or something that played in that game where it was like a monsoon and they like sliding <laughs> yeah, around yeah. and like snow games where it's like makes sense the weather. But this one shouldn't be a weather issue. Uh, I don't think at least. No Deshaun Watson for the rest of the year. He's out. They are going with DTR. They're not going with PJ Walker for this game. Um, I'm kind of surprised by that, man. Well, dude, think we about saw this. Him earlier, and he was like really, really nervous to play in that game. Yeah. Man. So he said that he's he feels a lot more comfortable. He's t- he said in a quote that he feels a lot more comfortable, and he's going to be a completely different player than he was. I think maybe those jitters just he got them out of playing that NFL game. Him having success in the preseason might be the worst thing to happen to the Browns because they had Josh Dobbs. Yeah. And then they had success with the rookie quarterback, so you get rid of him. Imagine they had him with that team. They'd be be a Super Bowl contender right now. So we'll see what happens here. Uh, The Steelers, I don't know. Their offense is frustrating. This Browns defense is very good still. The Browns and the Steelers both have good defenses. The Steelers is not a defense you want to play when you have a backup quarterback, really, because they can scheme stuff up. TJ Watt's a game-breaker, right? They have guys that can make big plays. I know this didn't hit last week, Eli, but Jalen Warren over two and a half catches. He's still seven for nine this season. Um, And I believe that both... uh, One of his misses was one catch. The other one was two, so he only missed it by a catch. Um, He had a big week this week. Him and Najee both did. Look for them to try to keep those two heavily involved. Deontay Johnson is so hit or miss for me, and same with George Pickens that I don't really like that. Um, and I would, I was gonna kind of load up on some Browns props. I really like the Browns in this game, but with what it was supposed to be, Deshaun Watson, and I really like that. Um, I was gonna bet on Njoku and Amari Cooper, but now with the backup quarterback, I gotta see it for another game at least before I throw props. I know he has to give the ball to someone, so someone might have some success, but. I just like other things on the board enough that I'm not willing to really go for that. I'm kind of enticed to do the good old double parlay on the, the sack masters in this game. Yeah. I kind of feel like I want Garrett to go there. Watt. I kind of want to go there, here, but it's like that's kind of a curveball for me. That's out on left field, you know? Like, you never really know how these types of games are going to play out with these the, the young rookie quarterback coming in for Cleveland. They might be trying to get that ball out quick. Might not even be letting him throw a bunch, like... You really never know because their running backs are looking good, man. They got this good committee now with Jerome Ford leading yep. the way and Kareem Hunt's doing work. So Not to mention, like, these guys can have great games and not have a sack. Exactly. And right. impact the game. Exactly. And I, what really turned me this season is when Seahawks played the Browns is 
that Miles Garrett was a freak and stuff like that. And I thought our offensive line, who was playing two backup tackles at the time, was going to really struggle. And they shut down that defensive line completely and made them look invisible. So that just goes to show that sometimes, like, if you don't have anything you like or you do really like that prop and you think that it's going to be really good, go ahead and run with that. But, like... Be careful a little bit because sometimes Miles Garrett, someone like that, or TJ Watt can cause so much distraction from other guys and can so many double teams and so much attention that that somebody else has success. So that's always one to watch out for. But honestly, I mean, those guys are both defensive player of the year candidates. They're probably going to go out there and try to one up each other all game. So I actually don't, I don't, I don't mind that at all. They're over under thirty three. It's crazy, man. Like that's so low, but I almost don't like we talked about. I almost want to still take so the under, under, but it's just so freaking low, man. It's hard to get there, right? I'm, I'll tell you what, I'm definitely not betting the over. No, no, me neither. Because yeah, that's, no. I don't even know if that's possible. I don't know if you let them play for three hours of, of play time that they would hit over thirty three <sighs> points. So because Kenny yeah. Pickett can't throw a fucking touchdown. We no, know that. yeah, no. This is that's probably a line I'll just stay away from just because of how low it already is. It's not really the juice isn't worth the squeeze on that one. You'd be panicking all game. A touchdown. If one of the teams scores a touchdown on the opening drive, you, you're ruined. You're you're, 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 you're already ruined, right? So yeah. Titans at the Jaguars up next. Jaguars coming off that horrible, horrible, horrible defeat. By the San Francisco 49ers. And we said it last game or last week, Eli said, yeah, the San Francisco 49ers have lost each day. But don't forget, the 49ers are the 49ers. They were missing Trent Williams. At the time when we recorded, we didn't think Trent Williams was going to play. With him coming back, if, at that, that. Like, three points, when you're getting Debo and him back, it makes a difference. And I was listening to a podcast today, and they made a good point. When you lose someone like Trent Williams, you're not just putting in a backup. When you're putting, you're taking the best at their position and putting in someone who's a backup, the margin between how good they are is so Enormous. far more than yeah. a normal standard starting left tackle. So getting them back, it's got to be huge for the confidence. Um, the 49ers are back. That defensive line, man, it's crazy how many weapons they have on that D-line now. It's, it's actually just scary. I don't know how teams are supposed to compete with that. I mean... Baker Mayfield, I make it. It's eleven and a half for a reason. Oh, sorry, I switched up to the wrong game here. 49ers are the next Jags, game. We yeah, were the we were, Jags. We're getting hyped. They just the 49ers played last week. I got forty nine here's right next. It's <laughs> yeah. the next game on my list here. But the Jaguars, they have to do something here. Again, yeah. bringing up these teams that are losing and stuff like that. They got Texans right on their ass in the division, dude. And it's it was an embarrassing loss. They it got beat. I mean, a lot of home, a lot dude. of good teams. The Seahawks, the uh, the Browns. Um, the Lions have all have all faced some horrible, horrible Even beats the Ravens, so far. They this got, they year. got the worst. Like the, the, the Chiefs got two, didn't right? score a touchdown against the Broncos. Like these teams that are supposed to be great teams. Um, yeah, even the Dolphins they got though. smoked by the Bills. Like everybody's had one. So, um, yeah, I I like I do like for the Jaguars to bounce back here. I don't mind Derrick Henry over fifty six and a half yard. I feel like this is the time of the season where you really kind of start leaning on him. Um, the Jaguars kind of got the ball moved all over them last game. So I think that maybe they'll have a bit of pride, but 56 and a half is not that far for Derrick Henry. Sometimes in a drive when they get him going and get up tempo and just keep giving him the ball, sometimes he gets 40 yards on a drive or something like that. So I don't hate that. But the, my favorite thing of this game, Evan Ingram over four and a half catches, Eli seven of nine this season so far. And 
both games that he didn't hit it, he had four catches. So he was one away from it, and he's had a lot of games that were well over. This is one of those ones you keep going back to the well, because if he keeps hitting at this rate, we have a few of these things that we've not talked about. When they hit at this rate, if we just keep playing them, eventually they're going to keep paying. And you're, if you're parlaying them with something else and keep ripping those, your payout's going to be more than what you bet. So even if you missed two, then you you hit one and it's paid back for it. You hit two and then you're now in the green and stuff like that, right? So this is one of those guys that I love going to, and apparently Trevor Lawrence does too. And I think that's a great lesson just to step aside for a moment here. Um, a lot of human emotion comes into betting sometimes, right? And you feel like, oh, this guy fucked me over. I can't go back to him, even though the analytics and the statistics all back it up, right? So that kind of just speaks to... Don't get discouraged if on one week the guy doesn't do it because that's what happens in the NFL. That's what happens in sports. But when you have something that's hitting at a 75 to 80% clip in betting, you don't see those numbers a lot. And that's just like, take those emotions out of it. Take that ego out of it. Take, you know, take that gut punch, but go back to it because it's going to work for you next time, even though you might not want to believe in that guy or maybe an injury happens, whatever, right? But I think that's a great point you make. And I just wanted to add on, uh, uh, something that I love in this game is Chris Kirk over uh, the 50-yard milestone because yep. he's just getting those big plays. It's not Calvin Ridley. Chris Kirk's wide receiver number one on this team at this point for sure, and him and Evan Ingram are one and two. Like They're literally like Calvin Ridley's on yeah. the back burner at this point. And even now. though Calvin Ridley hasn't done much himself, that's the speed that he possesses in his route running still keeps defenses on their toes, which I think allows other guys like Ingram and Kirk to have their one-on-one matchups and they are good players. Shout out to Christian Kirk, man. Everybody talked trash about him when the uh, Jaguars paid them as much as they did um, saying he wasn't a number one receiver coming out. I mean, Arizona look like idiots now not trying to keep them and you you get rid of all your receivers, right? So, um, yeah, I I think the Jaguars probably win this one. Um, A seven, I would like if it was six and a half. Um, but a seven, I almost still lean toward over under a forty. The Titans are weird because they've either had the they had that one explosive game with Levis, and then since then they haven't really had a ton of offense. They got blown out by the Bucks last week, didn't they? Yeah, they which did. is tough because I don't think the Bucks are very. And good. And you already made a point of that on young quarterbacks too. Like you know, play them that first week because and that's the spark, them. that's the energy, and you you touched on that, and it's happened like multiple times throughout the leagues mm-hmm. this season. So that's another great point that you make there, Kier. And I that's the same reason why I love the Jags in this game because mm-hmm. it's a get right game, and uh, now you're seeing Will Levis go through those growing pains, right? Yep. So I, I love agree. it, man. Next up, the one we were just talking about, the Bucks at the 49ers. They're kind of just a matchup switch with that last game since from last week. The Bucks are plus an 11.5, plus 475 on the money line. 49ers, as expected, minus 11.5, minus 650, over under of 41.5. This is another one where it's like, yeah. When you, the first thing in analysis you talk about is you want to say 49ers of course the 49ers but it's 11 and a half is a lot for any team now after last week i really do think they're back and i wouldn't be surprised if the bucks or sorry if they went out and beat the bucks by 20 but the bucks are also rolling on a bit of a high after last week too right like they're thinking they're very good are they they're trying to compete their division is not it's the so same wide not, open the Falcons, like nobody wants to no, win that division no, right now with the way they're playing so Every game's a must-win, and if you do want to be a playoff team in the NFC, the the 49ers are a team that you're probably not going to beat for the most part, just going off track records for the last few years, but 
you want to at least compete, right? You want to show some heart. You want to show some grit. You want to show some fight and show that you can at least compete with a team like that. Or what does it even really matter if you do make the playoffs or not, right? Um, I don't I don't hate McCaffrey over 104.5 combined yards. He seems to just be able to get it done. I know he didn't get that touchdown for the first time last week. You go look at his odds right now, minus 225 to score a touchdown. They're not letting up on any on those odds. I was hoping maybe you could find... They're, they're thinking he skipped one. Yeah. They're just going to score again. There's a reason he got that long of a streak, right? He's a very good player on a very good team. Brock Purdy looked good again last week. Their whole team looked good again. Um, my, my, my prop for this game, I, I know you have one you really like, and I'll hand it over to you in a second. Rashad White, over 26.5 receiving yards. In his last four games, he's 65, 70, 46, and 47. This guy's smashing way over. I think on a team that's going to be getting after Baker Mayfield, maybe a little chip block or a little screen passes, just quick passes and check downs because I don't know if he's going to have the time to let the deep routes progress um, with Godwin and Evans and stuff. Um, so, yeah, I like Rashad White over 26 and a half receiving yards. And let's talk about the prop. You told me when you were coming in that you had a prop that you really liked for this game. Yeah, yeah. I just like Kittle over 44 and a half a lot, yep. man. I mean, like, I, I was looking at his reception total, too, and it's three and a half. And that's like a little bit right on that borderline for me because this guy gets such big gainers on his catches when he does get the ball with this team that, like, he only needs two catches to go over that 44 mark. Like, he's probably going to average around 24. 25 yards a catch but um yeah and why wouldn't you love Rashad White at this point here I mean you've literally been going back to the well for about four weeks on him now he keeps doing it over and over I finally hopped on for the last couple weeks and thankfully I did because he's literally just easily going over that reception total at this point books haven't caught on to it yet so I think that's probably the top play for this game for sure um and especially like you say with all those edge rushing uh pass rushers coming at him he's got to get the ball out quick and that's the guy he's going to be getting it to so i think that's a great point you make there but yeah i don't hate if that's a game you want to throw together a little sack parlay too i feel like any of those guys can get it oh yeah Uh, yeah i mean it's dangerous the names they they have on on that d line is insane yeah it worries me. We have to play them twice still this year. It seems like they're getting healthy and they're getting hot again. I would have loved to catch them <laughs> right, when right they're at all. the perfect yeah. time, right? Yeah. But <laughs> as like I've been saying this the whole year, we, they're in our division. You can't run from them. That's right. We want to be a playoff competitor. You want to be a, a, a contender. You have to go in and be able to compete with these teams. You don't have to win every game, but you have to compete. So you want to compete with them at their best, just kind of as a good measuring tool to see where you are. Unfortunately, I don't think the Bucks want that right now because Absolutely they need not. wins for that division. Absolutely so it, it's going to be a tough one for them. I expect I expect the 49ers to repeat what they did last week. Honestly, give me the 49ers minus an 11.5. I think if the 49ers can do it to the Jags, I think the Jags are a better team than the Bucks, and I, I, I really think that they can. And that was at home with the Jags, and now the yeah. 49ers are at home. So yeah. I, I There's just a like swagger that, about that yeah. team. There's some of those teams, right, that just have the that attitude got them right, stuff. man. It got yeah. them back on track by the yeah. looks of it. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, moving on to the next one, Jets at the Bills. Jets are plus 7, plus 260 on the money line. Over under 39.5, Bills minus 7, and minus 320. Um, it's hard to imagine the Bills minus 7 against anyone right now. Eli, I keep waiting, I keep waiting. I, I, I You know this. And I'm sure you feel the same. I'm a big Josh Allen fan. I like him as a person. I like him as a player. He's super talented. But it's just like, feel like you're banging your head against the wall with him. It's like, you want to just see it better. They've been decimated on defense with injuries. So it's not all that offense's fault. That team is really struggling this year um, in in that sense. 
James Cook had a couple fumbles last week. One he got back because it bounced right back up to him. The other one was Josh Allen when he handed it off, just let it go too early. Didn't even that can't be blamed on James Cook. So it just seems like things have gotten too difficult and uptight in Buffalo. It almost they need something. Obviously, hopefully that offensive firing their offensive coordinator Dorsey Ken Dorsey will change things for them. But I just don't know. Like they're. Maybe they need some more imagination in their play calling. I don't know because their mistakes don't seem to look like the play calling issue. It seems to look like an execution issue. But you never know. It could be executing those plays. That's the issue, right? Not just executing overall. So um, I want to take the Bills and kind of a bounce back, get a bit of hype. But the Jets are the Bills' kryptonite, Eli. And we saw earlier this season, that Jets defense is very good. And if teams are able to shut down Stephon Diggs, as the Broncos did last week, then the they, they really, really struggle to have success. But at the same time, yes, they lost to the Broncos. They had tw- a pass interference deep in the, in the, and then uh, 12 guys on the field, which is... Really sloppy. That's man. a coaching... That's yeah. a that's just a discipline error, right? Um, if the offense is able to trot out the the uh, kicker like that while the play clock was going and set up for the gig, the defense should know how many guys and stuff like that. You shouldn't go on unless a certain guy comes that off. That's actually unbelievable. Yeah, that's so true. I just, my favorite two plays here are under 39.5 total points. I think the Jets' defense is very, very, very good, and I don't think the Jets' offense can really score. They're not good. And then oh, Dalton Kincaid over four and a half catches and over 48 and a half yards. Yeah. His last four games, Eli, he's got 8 for 75, 5 for 65, 10 for 81, and 5 for 51. He's over. His closest to that is 51. That's a couple yards over still. The other games have been way over. And same with the catch. He's had 2-5, but he's had an 8 and a 10. I think that he is just becoming that go-to target for Josh Allen because outside of Diggs, like Gabe Davis, these guys aren't good. I, I, they just can't. They get no separation. It seems like they just disappear on the field, right? So, um... I, I like Kincaid over on both those, and I like under 39.5. And, and the rest, it's it's kind of like, let me see what you can do. Can the Bills find their way to get back into a playoff position? Um, can the Jets? I mean, you Miami, you got to assume right now, is in the best position to win that division. Uh, so the Bills the Bills need this one here. I think the Jets are hopeless with Zach Wilson. Like, it's, they just, they're not, can't, their defense is so good. It's such a shame Aaron Rodgers got hurt because it's such an electric it could have been such an electric season for a team that has had so little success, especially in our lifetime. Um, so this is one where I stay away from a side, and I'm, I'll, I'll just stick with those bets and and keep it right. You got any play on that? Because like, man, it's a it's a weird one. Seven is a weird number because that defense is so stingy for the Jets. But it's it's super tough. This is a, this is one of those stay away for the most part for me here for sure. If I had to go somewhere. What I got written down is exactly what you just said, and that's Dalton Kincaid. He's the one guy that really stands out at this point. He's evolved to one of the best pass-catching tight ends in the NFL. Just kind of like we hyped him in the pre-show, me and Jesse. We heard those talks, like all these analysts saying, oh, yep. they want him to be that Travis Kelsey type And we guy, talked right? about that earlier. We, he just needed a bit of time to get comfortable. Exactly, He's a man. rookie. Josh exactly. Allen has his comfort. Dawson those... Knox was already a guy that was playing. So since Dawson Knox's injury... I think it was a blessing injury, in disguise for him to go out. I feel like, bad I hate for... to say that for Dawson Knox because he's a great guy and he's had a lot of success with Josh Allen and, and the Bills too, right? But I mean, his physical attributes... Kincaid can Kincaid, be special. He's yeah. so special physically, right? Um, Something else, if I, if I really had to be pressed on it, dude, I would say Garrett Wilson 
over five and a half and over his yardage total as well. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter how bad Zach Wilson is or how he lacks yeah. the execution. If it's going somewhere, it's going to Garrett Wilson. And we've seen the Bills well, losing all the their defenders throughout the season. They're susceptible in the passing game now, right? So, and great example, the last time they played the Bills, Zach Wilson threw a horrible pass in the end zone that should have been picked off, and Garrett Wilson catch, right? caught it and stopped an interception. They're going to win the game, so... I agree. If there is anyone on that team that you can put a little bit of trust in, it is Garrett Wilson because he's that good, and um, they should be targeting him as much as they can. Get the ball in his hands, even in screenplay, whatever you can, because he's one of those guys that can make a big difference in the game no matter how your quarterback. I actually feel bad. Zach Wilson had some spurts last week at he the looked, end of the game that there. No that ball throw, at the man. end, I thought Garrett Wilson was going to get that. To him, like, what a play to get out and still oh, get that ball God. downfield. So, who knows? Maybe Garrett Wilson's Great gaining a... Great by Conklin there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah his own teammate. Yeah. No, no, no. I'm, I'm not catching it. No one's catching it. Yeah. No, yeah, but... no, it's... Yeah, so we'll see. That's This one's... I mean, it's a must, must, must win for the Bills. It yeah. absolutely is. And not just a must win. They got to do something. Josh Allen has to look good, limit the turnovers... Uh, all this kind of stuff, right? It has to just That's the biggest in. thing, right? If it he, really He's got to just not throw the ball We over, said the man. same like, about the Seahawks, and Geno Smith last week got rid of the turnovers, and you look how good and efficient they were. Um, so moving on, speaking of the Seahawks, Seahawks at the Rams up next. Seahawks are minus 1, minus 115. It's basically a pick em. Uh Rams plus 1, minus 105, over under a 46 and a half. They played the first game of the season, and Matt Stafford looked incredible. Uh, they had Puka Nakua, who went off. No one really knew about him. I think you can game plan for him better now, because the first game you didn't know this rookie receiver, who was, un- I think, undrafted. Like, you don't really know what he's about in that first game, and then he burnt us, right? Matt Stafford's coming back from injury, um, so hopefully he is healthy, because you don't, I mean, he's, he's a good, he's a veteran. You always want to see him healthy if you can, right? Um... This is an interesting game. I'm, I'm obviously going to be all over the Seahawks, as I always am. <laughs> it doesn't matter that who we're playing. Change. That no, that some no things will never change. But I do like some props here. I don't mind DK Metcalf over 61.5 yards. Last week on that last drive with about 50 seconds left, him and Geno did the whole thing. He got two big passes to get the yards, set them up in field goal range. It was, it was awesome. I saw a video. Tariq Woolen was talking to DK after the game, and he's... Mentioned he's like, you look like Michael Jordan from Space Jam when the monsters all climbed <laughs> on his back to get down to that 25-yard line. Like, he's such a freak, man. That's and he was so well-disciplined, and it's awesome, man. <laughs> I, I, I'm i a huge fan of everything he does. Obviously, he gets a little too over the top sometimes, but when he can, when he can rein it in, man, his he's a good young player. And he's and he's, That's he's thing, crazy. Dude. Kenneth Walker, over 78.5 combined rushing and receiving yards. I like last week. It was good. He had some good rushing yards, but he had a 64-yard receiving touchdown. He's that guy who can break off those plays. It was a little screen pass, too, and he can just break off. He broke a tackle. The guy had a chance to take him down like 15 yards, and he broke that We've tackle seen him do that a and turned times, the Jets dude. on. So I really like that. I don't mind Zach Charbonnet over yards. He seems to be getting more of a, of a presence involved, and... Third down, he's a great pass blocker for us, and he he hits the hole so hard. Kenneth Walker's so good at bouncing it and cutting. Zach Charbonnet f- like finds a hole and then he finds the closest guy. He just runs. Oh, right I think he it, finds dude. the guy. <laughs> like, I think he like seeks dude. contact, man. He's, <laughs> it's, it's a it's, crazy It's so guy, cool bro. to watch. It's so cool to watch. And then the last one is we we've been. He had a slow start to the season, but we've it's I had big rook, high man. expectations rook, for him, dude. and he's really starting to come apart. They're game planning for him. Jackson Smith and Jigba over forty one and a half yards. 
His last five games, he's got 48, 63. His one miss is 36 yards, which isn't that far off in the total. One, one more away. catch, yep. really. And some of those games, like he's had a couple drops this season where he could have had another 10, 15. Um, not a concerning amount of drops, but just every now and then tough catches, but he couldn't, he should catch them. Uh, and then he got 63 and 53, man. So let's ride the rook. This offense finally, I mean, Geno Smith last game, dude, I, I don't hate Geno Smith over and a half, uh, over one and a half passing touchdowns again. I really just think like this guy's confident in himself, man. And so much shit was being talked. People were calling for Drew Locke and stuff like that. And it's just like, I just... You know what Gino is. He's not the best in the world. But when he's playing properly and he's not trying... He got went through a little stretch where it seemed like he was trying to make like a 14-point play, a 17-point play, and come back or just take over the game with one play. And it's like sometimes just get the ball to your hands, move it, throw it away when you have to, don't take the sacks, and throw your ball to your guys. Tyler Lockett was great last week. I don't mind him over yards. I like all of it, really, to be honest with you. Now, I mean, that's probably because I was there last game and it all happened, and I just got super excited. But you know how it gets with this. I think you pick your poison. I think this team's always been a team with a lot of weapons that at any point somebody else can go off. So you do have to pick and choose. I wouldn't play all of them because one of them's bound to miss for sure because it's usually, like, right, like um, everybody can eat, but... I like that, and I really like the Seahawks here, man. I don't, I don't hate forty six and a half. I'll be staying away from the receiver props for the Rams, a because it's against the team I want, so I don't want them to have success this week, and b with Matthew Stafford coming back off the injury, I just want to see what's going to happen. Um, is he fully healthy? Is he still dealing with anything a little bit? And do they get that? Do they get all that chemistry back right right away week one? He is a veteran, so I don't expect him to have too much rust or something coming into the game, but. I'm just all over the Seahawks here. This is, again, a must-win. Our schedule coming up next is 49ers, Cowboys, 49ers, Eagles. So this is just an absolute must-win. If Geno can have low turnovers and we can win and have some confidence, have his offensive rolling, I like the position we're at heading into the 49ers at home on Thanksgiving. That place is going to be crazy next week. So, yeah, big Seahawks week here, man. It's a huge must-win game, and we're going to hop right to another one between two teams that are fucking rolling now, right? Yep. We're talking Oh, Sunday what a Sunday-nighter, dude. It's I, If you would have told me when Kirk Cousins got hurt that this was the game we had to watch at where everybody was, I would have been choked. And since then, the Broncos and the Vikings can't lose, dude. No, I mean, They're this, both is, on this win is a streaks. big game now, man. This is a big game. Five-game and three-game yep. win streak. Two of the hotter teams in the NFL. And you know what? Two teams that are looking to make the playoffs. At earlier this season, after a few games, if you would have told me that either of these teams was looking for to be in the playoffs, I would have told you to joke. I called the Vikings going on a bit of a run, and we've been hot because Jesse, we've, we talked to Jesse quite often, and the things that's happening with this team, they're finally... Buying in, Russ is bought in. Russ has been very efficient. Um, every like everything about these teams right now is just so impressive. The what's very impressive about the Broncos is their offense has been doing better, but their defense has really turned that corner, and they're looking a lot like their defense of last year. They've been they've eight or nine. I think they have eight turnovers in their last three games, or nine turnovers in the last sorry two games. It's I think it's five against the Chiefs, and it was four against the. Um. It was four against the Bills, Buffalo, so they yeah. are absolutely rolling right now. They're allowing some yards and stuff, but they are able to take the ball away. And Marvin Mims is such an underrated player. I know he hasn't been as involved as people would like, especially Jesse, on the offense, and I think they need to find 
more touches. But this guy on special teams, man, these guys are starting from the 35, the 45, the 50, every single play. When you only have to move 30 yards, 20 yards to get into field goal range, you don't mind taking some field goals. And you got goals. a running back like Javante Williams to get those yards. I mean, yep. everything that Sean Payton was envisioning before all that early season uh, trial and error where they got absolutely mm-hmm. embarrassed off the field against Miami – this is literally champagne football. I've seen it myself mm-hmm. for a lot of years, man. He loves running the ball. He loves having that physicality aspect. And now Russell Wilson is executing at a very high level. He ran the ball well exactly, last week. He didn't right? turn it over. His quarterback rating was well over 100, man. He's he's really looking. And you know what? That He has the confidence of the team back. He does. He right? Does Those guys are rolling. Court and Sutton had a big week. Jerry Judy had a huge play to get them into position, man. These guys, and then that the pass interference on Jerry Judy as well. You can't. That was so stupid, dude. Buffalo, you go cover zero against Russ, you're done. Even the guys on the Seahawks were tweeting about Quandre Diggs and stuff. They're being like, "Come on, dude, you're gonna put Russ in cover zero? He's got the prettiest teardrop ball in the league, maybe of all time, throwing it into someone's breadbasket." And yeah, it's just. So I like the over 42 and a half here. Like you said, Javante Williams, the, the Vegas has caught up a little bit on his total for 67 and a half yards. I think he still smashes that heel. It's gone up like 12 since last week, and I think he still hits it. I am keeping an eye out on the Vikings props. Their receiving props weren't out at the time of recording this. Jordan Addison, Justin Jefferson is out with his touchdown parlay there. He's questionable, so he's looking like he might come back. TJ Hawkinson is a little banged up, but he's he's looking like he's going to play. They're going to give those out. He's been phenomenal all year. I think he's 8 of 10 for us on, um, yeah, on his like receptions. Yeah, he's like third in the whole NFL for receptions, and they keep yeah. putting him at like 5.5 no, or 4.5. It it's sense. like, okay, we'll take that every single yeah. time. And I right? even like Russ over 1.5 touchdowns here, man, because I just uh, I think this Broncos and Vikings teams are both going to be able to score. I think the Broncos defense is going to be able to take the ball away at times. I think this is a super exciting game. Some two of the hotter teams in the league, and I cannot wait. This is a great Sunday night matchup. The Broncos. And some people will say maybe it's not the most exciting football, but getting that many takeaways on defense and slowly bleeding your te- the other team out is exciting football. Like, I had a blast watching them against the Bills, and I cannot wait. I'm hoping it's right after a Seahawks win, and I hope we win some of these bets leading into this game. And it's the perfect cap off to a Sunday night. Um. Fuck the Vikings this week. It's go Broncos for Jesse. Uh, exact a little revenge for your... This is a double fuck the Vikings yep. for all of us because I do, we don't want them lurking around this wild card spot. Neither of our teams... Who, I would you know, love to see an exciting game though because I do oh, love this storyline. But obviously for Jesse, matchup, we want dude. yeah we want this win for the Broncos. So keep an eye out. This is a Sunday nighter where if you have had success throughout your day, why not throw some shots at this, right? Take some of your earnings and just throw some shots at some games here. Or at this game and play out some props, play the over, and choose maybe a side save if you a little want. bit for that Monday nighter too. Am I right, oh, Kier? Because oh, that absolutely. is some juicy, juicy stuff in that oh, one too. Man. Man. We're talking Eagles a Super Bowl Chiefs. rematch, Philly and the Chiefs, right? This Eagles is... plus two and a half, and that's at plus one hundred, Eli. That's at right. That plus two and a half, plus one twenty-five on the money line. Um, the Chiefs are minus two and a half, minus one forty-five, over under a forty-five and a half. Listen, the the receiving props weren't out when I looked at this game yet, which makes sense because it's the Monday night game. I'll be on A.J. Brown. I'll be on A.J. Brown. I'm on A.J. Brown oh, yeah. every game. It's been so good for us. I'll probably be on a Hurts rushing TD just because of that that brotherly shove that they do. If they get it near the goal line, it's going to him. Yeah. Um, I think I think he's probably coming back. they just coming off a bye. The Eagles, they're getting a bit healthy. 
right? Jalen Hurts is going to be healthy. Taylor Swift is going to be in attendance. She's going straight from Brazil or whatever up to that game. And she's bringing her parents, the families, Eli. The families meeting. are meeting. The families are meeting. <laughs> what a massive distraction. I hope they keep fucking Jackson Mahomes and Brittany Mahomes right out of that booth. The Chiefs defense is good. The Eagles oh, defense man. is pretty good. I think Travis Kelsey will be able to have success, so I'll be keeping an eye on that prop. I like the Eagles plus 2.5, Eli, and I like the Eagles money line plus 125. I think that I just do not trust. I do not trust these receivers. No. For the Chiefs, whatsoever. It's Patrick Mahomes. I think it's going to be Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey versus. I think the Eagles' run defense is going to be able to slow down Isaiah Pacheco. And I, I, I like the Eagles here, man. And I think that's okay. I think the Chiefs, if they can compete, they're okay losing some of these games because they are a team that keeps going to the playoffs over and over. It's kind of like LeBron was in basketball. where He's like, I don't need to be the number one seed every single time because I know that we're going to come into the playoffs and I can go on the road and I can beat a good team on the road when we have to. So I don't think it's uh, end of the season or a massive red flag or whatever like that if they do lose. But I I really like the Eagles here. Now this is, again, this is one of those games that I have a strong feeling on. So it really depends. Although I've already locked in them at minus, or plus 2.5 because it was plus 100. I, like, I, just, I think that's a lot of value. This is one of those games that if you have a successful weekend and you your other bets are hitting and you feel like you're getting a pretty good read, that's one that you load up on, right? Because you like it and you're feeling good. If you're not having success and maybe your reads are all off, don't go chasing here. No. Right? Because it's a very easy on a Monday night. It's so easy. We talk about this all it's the time. such a big match. We load up right? on primetime yeah. games just because it's a standalone game and you just want, you want more action on it. And so this is one of those games, yeah, I'll be playing those bets, but this is just a pure enjoyment. I won't be checking my phone for my bets to see how updating them throughout the game. My phone will be put away. This one will be a great one to watch. Special, I can't wait to rematch, watch it, man. man. Um, it's crazy for me to say because you never want to bet against a guy like Patrick Mahomes. Why would you? He's so special. He's so incredible in everything he does. But when you look at these entire football teams, arguably Kansas City's better in two positions, and that's quarterback and tight end. Especially with Goddard being and out. Exactly, yep. right? And that's nowhere across the board, and I'm not even taking a knock on Kansas City's defense. And maybe he's head, head coach, which yeah, is in a and, position. And the but coach, yeah, right? But, yeah. Yeah, but like, Kansas City's defense is playing at a very high level, so that's nothing against them yep. either. But on paper, and just when I like close my eyes and have a mental picture of this, Philadelphia should be dominant in this football game, even on the road. I think the books are wrong here. They're ta- they're giving like a line like this is a KC team of the past. I they're almost say- going off of last year. KC beat them in the Super Bowl. So over and over. Yep. this isn't the same Kansas City no. Chiefs, man. It's just not. And Patrick Mahomes cannot go hero mode every single week. Yes, Philadelphia's secondary has given up a lot of yards, but yes, they've created a lot of turnovers as well. And they're capable of dominating possession through the ground game. And Hertz has really shown. So much improvements for an already very talented guy now throwing these deep balls, man. And he has so much faith, so much trust in that guy, A.J. Brown. For that reason, I'm going to be all over A.J. Brown in this yeah. one. Most likely going to toss something on the Eagles as well. Yeah. I and think they're a better team. You know what? It's like, yes, Patrick Mahomes is the better quarterback. But it's not like you're playing one of the shittier quarterbacks exactly. in the league. It's Jalen Hurts. You're playing against a team that hasn't played their best football this year and has found a way to win almost all their games. They've lost two regular season games in two years. Yeah. It's fucked up. It's crazy. They're just top to bottom so good, so many positions. So that's one that I think I want to lock in early. And then, I well, sorry, I already have locked in early. 
And I will be keeping an eye on the line as well, seeing kind of where the public goes and where the sharps go and see what happens there. If I want to unload a little bit more on it or not. But it's just exciting, man. We're getting into such a good stretch of the season. That game on Monday. And then we got Thanksgiving lineup on the Thursday. We're really just getting... Then you get to where the holidays where you have you have the games on all those good days. You get some Saturday games, man. This is where the season really gets good. We got to see now. This is where teams get hot. Teams that have looked good. Injuries, all this kind of stuff plays such a big... So we might see a huge swing in some teams here. Or we might see some teams that have been good start to pull away with it a little bit, man. I'm a... I'm just excited. I think we got a great slate of games here. And I, I can't wait. Yeah, and I'm hoping that we get it rolling into that Thanksgiving. And just keep an eye next week. We're going to try to get a couple things going before these Thanksgiving games. We're going to try to get Kier out there and get get some picks if he can. Because me and Jesse are going to be uh, running our preview show, our, our review show as well from this slate that we're just previewing right now too. So I'm going to try to get here to get some stuff out for those Thanksgiving games and stay rolling. Yeah, I might just do it. I know our just time. Just a quick little one. We're, we're trying to there. set it up so you and I can get in together. But uh, this this week coming up is a bit of a crazy week for both of us. So I might end up just doing a little solo thing. Of course, I'll have talked to you. We'll, we'll sit on the phone for a bit and just talk out some stuff. And I'll get some of the picks that you like and we'll discuss all of it. But we will have something out Keep an eye on our socials as well for putting out some best bets for those games um, on Thursday and stuff like that. And yeah, thanks for thanks for riding along. Little bonus bet: North Carolina plus seven and a half against Clemson tomorrow. Fuck Clemson. Fuck Clemson. Let's go. Let's go North Carolina. Let's go Drake. Let's ride. Let's ride, baby. Thanks for joining again, guys.